Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Got it. Oh, McKinley Wright. Welcome into the DNVR Buffs podcast presented by the American Raptors. I'm Henry Chisholm, and today we're talking some basketball. Um, this is a good time for a bye week. This is a good time for a bye week. Obviously, the football team needs it. Don't need to tell you guys that. But now that we're like two, three days in, I'm realizing how much I needed it. Like just the idea that today, today I didn't wake up and think about CU football for seven hours. Um, and that was really cool. It, it was really cool. I'm excited to get back into it next week. We'll talk Arizona and do all that kind of stuff. But um, I, I can't be the only one who just needs a little bit of a a pause on everything that's going on over there. Um, three losses by 22 or more points. Uh, no more of that though. Um, so I was up in Boulder this morning though, bright and early, um, to uh talk to Jabari Walker which was fun. Um, I'd never talked to him in person before. So this is the first time. Um, we're we're going to play the audio of that conversation at the end of this show. So stay tuned for that. It was a lot of fun. Because um, you forget, like, especially with the guys for me that I haven't spent time with. You know, I've, I've spent time with Eli Parquet. I've spent a lot of time with Evan Batty. And you're just like, oh, yeah, these guys. But, but getting to know somebody kind of one-on-one for the first time you know, you forget that they're Jabari Walker's like 19, <laughs> and and to go through all the things he went through, um, obviously like from playing big time college basketball to kind of just like the the social media uproar after he broke that backboard, but also traveled and missed the dunk. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting. It's interesting. His take on that, by the way, was that well. Uh, the haters wouldn't be saying all that stuff if they were in the gym because it was really dope um, to, to kind of sum it up. Um, but yeah, we talked about all sorts of different stuff from, you know, just being back on campus. Um, at one point, Hugh said he was like surprised that uh, the way that he's treated um, because he is on the basketball team. And it's like, dude, you're six foot eight and you've got He's been growing his hair out even more, for those of you who don't know. So so the dreads are even longer, and he keeps them in, like, a ponytail up on top of his head. But, like, yeah, you're, you you stick out a little bit, Jabari. Um, but, yeah, we talked about all sorts of different stuff. So stay tuned for that at the end of the show. Um, and stay tuned for more of that stuff throughout the season. Um, it's obviously still football season. Football's kind of priority, but bye week is a good time just to get a bunch of basketball stuff out there. So we can circle back in um, a couple of weeks or whenever the football team allows us to. Hopefully not soon. 
Um, but yeah, we're going to talk a little bit of basketball today and then, um, I'm going to play that interview and that is, that is the plan. That is the plan. Um, so let's just jump in. So, uh, here's what I've spent a lot of the time thinking about today is it honestly started yesterday at football practice. Um, when somebody said like, I don't think this is, uh, like a tournament team. And then everybody's like, yeah, the, the general consensus is they're right on the line. You know, whether they're in the tournament, out of the tournament, it's going to be a close call. And that's honestly just like a pretty good goal for them this season is make the tournament. Um, but then from there, you kind of get into, so why why wouldn't they make the tournament? What is lacking on this team? And to me... I think the biggest thing that I'm concerned about is the scoring. Um, who is scoring points for this team? Because, you know, there, there's honestly kind of like three different parts of basketball, just kind of like the, the offense, the defense, and the rebounding. And you look at the rebounding and say, hey, they were good last year. Sure, you know, Kin was a good rebounding guard, and they're losing some other pieces, like seven-foot-tall Dallas Walton and, and some of those guys. But you look at the lineup and say, okay, got Evan Batty. You've got Jabari Walker, who's like a plus rebounder, not just somebody. I think Tad said that like today, Evan's sort of like a positional rebounder where he'll hold his ground, he'll clear out some space, and if the ball comes to him, he gets it. Um, whereas guys like Andre Robertson and uh, uh, Tyler Bay, he brought up, like they're guys who can just go get the ball. Um, and they might tip it and jump again and get it and do that sort of thing. And he, I don't think he said Jabari's kind of that sort of guy, but that's how I look at him. You should be able to do that sort of stuff. And so I look at the rebounding and say, eh, we'll see what happens. But I think they've got some pieces there that you really, you, 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 you expect big things from. Um, and then defensively, you know, you've got Eli Parquet, and he's going to go on the best guard from the other team. Every single night, he's going up against the best guard on the other team. And you like that matchup. Um, you've got Evan Batty, who's a big presence in the post. Um, he's physical. He can beat guys up and, and grind a little bit down there. Um, Jabari, obviously, can get up and block some shots. Um, and, and you are projecting a little bit with some of the other guys on the roster. You know, Tristan De Silva. He needs to get better defensively because he's going to be a big piece of this team. Um what does Keyshawn Bartholomew provide? What does KJ Simpson provide? Um, so you do have some questions there, but with, with the pieces that they do have and the fact that Tad Boyle is the one coaching this team, I'm not too worried about defense. Like I said earlier, I'm more worried about the scoring. And specifically, you know, are, are there is there a stretch this season where you go three, four games without breaking 60 points? Just because you know it is young. And, and you look at the pieces that are back. You know, Eli Parquet, for everything he provides, he's a spot-up three-point shooter. That is his offensive role. He's going to go to the corner, and hopefully he gets open, because if he gets open, he makes those at a decent clip. Doing more than that is just not a recipe for success. And, and so I don't think you look to him and say, okay, that's where you get more offense, knowing that you need more offense this year from from guys who didn't provide as much last year. Um, Evan Batty, you know, he's good for whatever he's good for, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 points a game, somewhere right in the, I expect him to put up like 8 to 12 points in just about every single game this year. He's, he's going to be fairly consistent this time around, I think. Um, but 
you just don't expect 20-point games from him. And, and honestly, the way he does that is, obviously, like, he, he knocks down a three or two, and that's kind of the big boost, but also pushes around on guys on the post, going up against, you know, maybe one of these one-and-done centers that you see in the Pac-12, you know, and I don't know who that guy is this year, but being able to push him around and, and draw a couple of fouls and get to the, the, the free throw line just because he is so big and strong and maybe he does have more scoring potential than I give him credit for, but he's not somebody you look at and say, hey, he's he's going to go win you some games with his offense this season. It's just not who he is. And And then from there, where do you go? And that, to me, is is kind of the big question this season. And it's not that I don't really like the options. I do. Um, I'm really excited to see Jabari this season. You know, he's he's a good three-point shooter, and I think that he's probably improving in that area, too, on top of that. Plus, he's so explosive offensively. He can get up and get to the rim. Um, I'm excited to see what he does. Um, Keyshawn, I think, could be a big scorer this season after being pretty streaky, pretty up, up and down just in general last year. I do think that he's kind of ready to become um, a, a point guard, a, a point guard that you like having out on the court for you. Um, Tristan Da Silva, he's had some major flashes as a scorer. You know, the way that he plays, he kind of has that finesse game that, like, he's a three-level scorer. You know, he can score in the post. I love the the idea of him in the mid-range. And, then of course, he can knock down threes, too. Um, Luke O'Brien, Nick Clifford, um, the, the young guys. You know, we've got Julian Hammond, who's probably going to be out there quite a bit. Lawson Lovering, what does he provide in the post? Um, K.J. Simpson could be, could be a big scorer. But those are all really young guys. And you really haven't seen any, except for maybe uh, uh, Jabari, really get hot for a couple of games and show you that they can just carry the load offensively. Um, And so that, to me, is the big question, is who can really step up? And I think that that list is, to me, Jabari. He's When you look at this season, who needs to step up? The answer is Jabari Walker. Um, he's incredibly talented, he's explosive, he has a year of experience under his belt. He he probably needs to be the best player on this basketball team for this basketball team to, to make the tournament. I think that that's just a necessity is for him to take that step. Um, and, you know, that's that's some pressure. And you can hear later when I talk to him, I brought up the pressure. And he, he said, yeah, I like having more pressure on me this year. And he said that... Last year, he was actually asking for more pressure. He wanted to be out there more. Um, and, and now it's kind of time, and he says he's ready for it. But that is number one on the list in terms of who is going to be able to to provide more offensively so that this team can take that step. Um, or not even take the step, but just not lose any ground after losing so many important pieces last year. McKinley Wright, Deshaun Schwartz, Dallas Walton, Dryah Horn, Maddox Daniels. Um He's obviously number one on the list. To me, number two, in terms of who needs to step up and, and provide more scoring this year, Keyshawn, um, he needs to be a threat from the three-point line. And I think that that's kind of the X factor for, for a couple of these guys. You know, Keyshawn, um, I'd throw K.J. Simpson absolutely in there. 
Just as guys where, you know, if they're willing to, to pull up off the dribble and, and those are good shots for them, those those fall for them, that is going to change a lot of things. First of all, because those are cheap points that, you know, if, if you can pull up from a couple steps behind the three-point line and, and knock it in at a 33% clip, 35% clip, hey, there, there might be points in the season where that's something that you kind of look to um, if things aren't going perfectly. Um, but on top of that, just being able to make the open looks, obviously, would be important. And just being able to stretch that defense out, give themselves some driving lanes. You know, Keyshawn made just over 30% of his threes last year. It's not going to cut it this year. Kind of simple as that. It's just not going to cut it this year. Um, simple as that. Honestly, nothing to build on. I mean, there's a lot of things that happen with him. The, the consistency, um, just some of the, the bonehead plays that were out there. You know, obviously, you kind of expect it in his first year playing point guard, but this time around, he needs to clean some things up. And in the, I, I didn't see much of practice today, um, but in the couple of practices that I have watched pretty much end to end, I'm excited by what I've seen. And KJ Simpson, too, you know, just so explosive, so much burst, um, speed. You know, it, it's, I think speed kind of gets underrated in basketball at this point. Um, you get so distracted by length and, and vertical and that sort of stuff. Somebody who can just fly, somebody who's super quick, that can be very valuable. And I think that that's what you look to for with KJ. Um, but he needs to be able to, to knock down some shots to open things up so that he can get by guys, um, use that first step quickness. Um, so in terms of who you need to step up scoring-wise, number one, Jabari. Number two, Keyshawn. Number three, though, we're going Tristan to Silva. Um he was 4 of 15 from 3 last year. Pretty small sample size. You know, you look at that and say, was that 27%? But if he can make two more of those, then all of a sudden you're looking at uh, 40%. So I blame some of it on the sample size because you look at his jumper and it looks nice. And just the other tools that he has. Being that six foot eight guy who can... Like I said, I think he can score at all three levels. And today, Tad was talking about how he just needs to be a little bit more physical. He needs to be able to go in and get rebounds and, and be strong in the post. Um, and that's absolutely true. But you have to remember that if he can add those things, that's what makes him a really, really good basketball player. A really, really good Pac-12 basketball player. Because he already has that finesse game. And I'm not worried about the, the efficiency at this point. That'll come. That'll come for him. Um, but I mean, you just need him to put up more points. I think you look through this and say like Jabari, what did he score last year? So he, first of all, he played, oh, I don't have minutes pulled up here. Um, but, oh, it's somewhere in this sheet. There we go. Minutes per game. He had 14 minutes per game last season, and he put up 7.9 points per game. So just extend that out and say he plays twice as many minutes, gets up to 28. That all of a sudden goes from 7.9 points to about 16 points. I think that's kind of the number that you're looking for from him, right? Um, 
just for reference, you know, Kin last year was first with 15 points per game. Um, then you've got 11.5 for Jariah, a little over 10 for Evan. Deshaun has nine, eight, like I said, for Jabari, five and a half for Maddox. You know, I think that if Jabari can take that jump, get from eight points per game to 16 points per game, which is the same number of points per minute, then you're really looking at something because that straight up just replaces Kin. And next up, you've got to replace that 11.5 for Jariah. You might just look for Keyshawn to do that or the combination, really, of, of Keyshawn and uh, KJ. But then you've got that 9 with Deshaun. So some, some guys are going to need to score more points is the point of all of this. And you're relying on young guys to be really explosive and be really confident. That's the other tough part. Um, yeah. Um, so let's keep going. Number one, I Keish, or sorry, number one Jabari. Number two, Keyshawn. Uh, n- number three, De Silva. And this is where things get pretty tough, I think. Um, because uh, they, let's talk through it. You know, Neek Clifford. He struggled scoring the basketball last year. Made 14% of his shots. Um, Luke O'Brien. You know, he didn't struggle that much, but Neek was ahead of him in in the rotation for most of the year. Um, You also look to, you know, some of the new guys. Julian Hammond, K.J. Simpson, um, Lawson Lovering. And it's kind of tough to say which one of these guys is up next because, like I said, your your returner, returning starters and Evan Batty and Eli Parquet, I don't think you, you need to ask much more of them offensively just because that's not who they are. Um, and so all these guys, Neek, Luke, uh, Julian, Lawson, KJ, there's a chance that any of them won't be a part of the rotation. And, and KJ is probably the most likely to be in the rotation. Lawson Lovering, I would say, is probably right behind him. Um, not right behind him. Next up. KJ, to me, is probably just in this rotation at this point. So I guess it's got to be him. You need him to be providing something significant offensively um, right away as a true freshman. And he put up 24-10-8 last year at Chaminade. Um Three-time first-team All-State, 2021 Division One Player of the Year out of West Hills, California. I mean, this is the tough part to me because, again, I, I trust the defense. I trust Tad Boyle's defense, honestly, regardless of who he has out there. Even if they aren't stellar, even if they aren't top three in the Pac-12, they're going to be solid at the very least. And, honestly, any group he puts out there is going to have a good chance of being top three defensively. Um, and it really comes down to who is going to, sc- to score the points for this team because your veterans are defensive guys. So, I don't know. Those are just some thoughts I had on my mind today. Uh, if you guys have any thoughts, you know, anybody who stands out to you who you think needs to be putting up more points or who who you think, because cause some of them just haven't even played, uh, anybody you think really is, has to be ready to go at a high level early on. I'm curious. I'm curious who you guys look to or if you think that the defense will be a problem. So leave that stuff in the comments. Um, I am really excited, though. I am really excited because there's just so much talent on this basketball team. I think the vets are the guys that you kind of want to be vets, right? Like, I guess a point guard. A veteran point guard is kind of just irreplaceable in college basketball 
But to have Eli Parquet, just somebody who you... I mean, he is a grizzled, seasoned veteran at this point. He will go toe-to-toe with any guard in the country and think he's going to win. And to be honest, like I'm, I'm kind of betting on him in those circumstances. And to have something like that, just like a 3 and D guy who you trust with... I wonder, what were the three-point numbers last year? Because that is where you'd probably do... He made 41.8%. Can't ask for much more than that. Um, Percentage-wise, I guess that doesn't really go up, but what was he taking? Um, 55 of them in in 31 games. I mean, you want to get that up probably to two and a half a game and and keep the efficiency at about 40 if, if you can. Anything above 40 is obviously great, especially in college basketball, but if you could get that from, like, was that one in two thirds of attempt per game um, up to like two and a half and without the efficiency falling all that much. That's probably the offensive growth you want to see from him. Um, Evan took about seven shots per game and made 49.8% of them. I think that that's probably about what you want. Um, I guess you do expect more than 12% of the threes to go in. And and maybe that is where you expect gr- growth. Maybe you expect... I don't know if you could say you expect Evan to be a three-point threat. Um, but he's going to take him when he's open. And I think he should. Um, it's just whether he can... You just need to make about a third of them. And, and that would be big for him. Uh, but yeah, that's... Having... Eli is a 3 and D guy. I mean, that's oh, I mean, it seems like every basketball team at every level is looking for exactly that. Just just a trustworthy 3 and D type of player and he is in my opinion about the best you can get in college basketball um within that prototype, you know, it, without adding a bunch of playmaking ability cuz at that point he's not really a 3 and D guy, you know. Um, to have Evan Batty, just like a big physical presence in the post, somebody who can be efficient down there, make some passes. It's a nice little veteran core. You add Jabari as, I mean, in my opinion, Jabari could really be the star here. And if if you're looking for, you know, how does this team make a sweet 16 run, you know, your your best case scenario this season, it really does start with Jabari Walker turning into a, a, a dominant sort of player. Somebody who, on the defensive end, the opponent is always scared to take a shot, to, to try a layup, because they're, they're just worried about where Jabari is because they think that he's going to go knock that shot back. Um, and then on the offensive end, you know, so explosive. He needs to be there for the putbacks. He needs to be there on the pick and roll, you know, running the rim, um, you know, playing that dunker position, you know, when there's a pick and roll and the guy helps off him and he's able to go get some easy baskets. So, you know, he needs to be able to take advantage of all those easy buckets, you know, specifically the second chance points, those offensive boards that he can put back in. But, you know, adding on top of that, first of all, in transition, getting up the court and making some big plays when he does that. Um, and then if he can create for himself offensively, that's kind of the big thing. Um, can he get shots for himself off the dribble? Um, is, does he start taking little post turnarounds? 
doing the, that sort of stuff, using footwork. Because if he starts doing all that, that's really the path for him to be, you know, an all-conference player, um, all-American type of player if he really does add all of that at a high level. Um, but to me, that is kind of the catalyst here. That combined with you just need good play from your point guards. Um, and uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy, but I'm not too worried about the point guard position. Just because you have one guy who I think there's a decent chance you're you're going to like what you get from him. And then behind him you have options just in case. Um, and, and KJ is really exciting. I'm really excited about KJ. Um, but maybe I should be more worried about that spot. But yeah, I don't know. Uh, let's just, I mean, this rotation again. You start Keyshawn. You start Eli. You start Evan and Jabari. And then the question is, I mean, you probably start Tristan Da Silva at the three. And that makes you pretty long, pretty big. Tristan needs to be physical, though, like Tad was saying today. He just needs to be more physical. I made 53% of his shots last year. I don't know. I really like his game. Um... And then off the bench, you have KJ, who's just a ball of energy. Um, is me, <laughs> so I don't know KJ well. You know, I did like interview him last week. Um, he he's come to a, a couple of the tailgates, like the DMVR tailgates. Came to the I met him at the soccer tailgate. He was there at one of the football ones too, the first football one. And so we've had a chance to talk a little bit, and uh, we we talked a little bit today too, even though I didn't like interview him. Um, he's just a ball of energy. And to be honest, like if you want a comparison for the personality, every time I talk to him, I think, oh my goodness, he is just like Phil Lindsay. Just that energy, just talking, talking, talking. And to be honest, like if I was on his team, I could see how it would get a little bit annoying, but you need that. And, and it comes with a level of confidence too that I think is going to be very important for KJ this season when he is supposed to, you know, step up and, and as an 18 year old, or I don't know if he's 18 or 19, but as a, as in his first year out of high school, go be a, in a, a piece, a piece of this team. And at the very least, he's going to be like the eighth, ninth man, I think, which means he gets the kind of the fewest minutes in the rotation. But I think there is a real chance that he could become a starter. And, I think that there's even a chance that he starts over Tristan Da Silva. So you roll with Keyshawn and KJ out there with Jabari and Evan and uh, Eli Parquet. And it makes you a little bit small, obviously. But I th you'd be crazy fast. There's so many different things you could do. I'm really excited about KJ. And I know there's a lot of people who are also really excited about KJ. And I think they're right. Um this has been a lot of just rambling basketball thoughts. I just really like KJ's energy. And, you know, there will be times this season where things don't go well for him. And you wonder what that looks like. Because I think that that happens more in basketball than football. You know, for... We use the Phil Lindsay example. Let's keep it going. Um, if Phil goes out and has a tough game, it isn't just his fault. You know, even even if he's really, really hard on himself, there's still a piece of him that thinks like, I mean, the offensive line really wasn't helping me out. The play calls or whatever. When you're just missing in basketball, there's a lot more 
just straight up like it is on me that this happened um, than, than there can ever be in football just because it's so much more of a team game. Not Obviously, basketball is a team game too, but not not nearly as much. There's a lot of one-on-one in, in basketball that you really only get when it's kind of receivers and corners. And that's where you have some personalities out there that are similar to the personalities you see in basketball. Um, I don't know. That's probably good enough for today. Hit an ad break. Let you guys hear from Jabari. And I, th- I, had, I had fun talking to Jabari. He's a fun guy. Um, it's a fun team, too. And I think that that's probably what has been my biggest takeaway so far in camp. Um, or whatever you want to call it. I don't know what they even call it in basketball. Just like pre, I think preseason practices is what they go with. But, but I mean, just to build off that, you know, Tad was saying today, you don't get these practices back. These are the important ones. You know, when you're playing in the season, specifically when you're playing league play, you don't have time to do what you're doing right now, which is just go full go and and compete and play a lot of five on five. And Tad said it's been really telling for him to see. Like just just in his processes of evaluating all of the players on his team, but it's also important for everybody out there to be able to get these real reps. And he, he says it's going well. Like I said, I only caught like the last couple of minutes of practice today. I'm headed back up there on Friday, and on Friday I will uh, be there bright and early to watch the whole practice, and take some notes, and all all those fun things. But uh, I agree. In the in the practices I've seen, just such high energy from this group. You love to see it. Um, all right, let's let's get these ads going, and then you guys can hear from Shabari Walker. Uh, first of all, I want to remind you guys that if you like this podcast, give it five stars, um, leave a good comment, that that sort of stuff wherever you listen. Those things really do go a long way. Um, I feel like I don't even know where the season's going to go um, in terms of like basketball talk versus football talk, but there's going to be quite a bit of basketball, especially this week, but going forward unless the football team turns things around in a big way, just because I'm so excited about this basketball team. You know, is it a tournament team? I honestly think it's 50-50. I honestly do. Um, it's just because so many of these guys are, are so unpredictable. You know, if, if KJ Simpson just goes off the season, he wouldn't be the first freshman guard who's gone off as a freshman, you know, and, and that is very possible. What is Jabari Walker? What is Keyshawn? There's a lot of question marks, but they're fun question marks. They aren't like, are we going to be able to get competent quarterback play? It's so just how good is Jabari Walker? Is he is he like lottery pick good, or is he, you know, Tyler Bay late first round type? Um, we'll see. I'm I'm hyped though. Mm, but uh, you can also support us by subscribing to thednvr.com. You get a whole bunch of things with that. There's a bunch of perks, but the big thing obviously is you get access to everything I write. Um, for example, today I wrote all about uh, Jabari Walker, a, a bunch of what's going on there. Um, but there's all sorts of other stuff up on the site too. Going to be a lot of basketball stuff. Going to be obviously a bunch of football stuff while that continues. Uh, so we appreciate you guys for subscribing if you decide to do that. Um, also, Breckenridge Brewery, they make so much of what we do possible. I mentioned those tailgates. 
Um, obviously, like most of that basketball team can't drink the free beers that we give people at our tailgates because they are uh, they're youngsters. But you know, Evan Batty, he drinks those beers. And I guess I, I should have asked him. It would be great for right now to say, what do you think of the Breckenridge beer that you drank? Because I don't even know which one he chose or which ones he's chosen. Um, but I do know that, that he had a big smile on his face, which is almost meaningless when it comes to Evan Batty because he always does. But uh, we're going to – we're gonna. I guess I, I don't want to call that an endorsement. That's, that's just too touchy of a subject to be making jokes about um, – just because of all the NIL stuff and all that kind of whatever. Um, they're great, and they make those tailgates possible by giving us free beer, uh, which we'll have out there again. See, Arizona is a home game, so there will be a tailgate before that game. So come hang out, drink our beer. Um, it's one of the many things Breckenridge does, but they give us the beer for those. They, they sponsor these podcasts, um, which makes that possible, it pays my salary so that I can do this. Um, we love them. And so if you could support them, we would really appreciate that. Also, Solace Meds. It is October, and that means that there's all sorts of new deals from our, our dispensary partner. I don't know if they're like the official dispensary of DMVR, but they are the only one that, that we ad or that advertises with us. And uh, they've got a four... Colorado locations, Wheat Ridge, Fort Collins, one off of Broadway, and one that's uh, on East Colfax, just a few blocks away from the DMVR bar. Here's what they've got going. Dixie Gummies, 25% off. Solace Bars, 25% off. Solace Sticks, also 25% off. That is a new product, so you should check those out. A Mile High Extractions, 25% off. Summit, 25% off. 1906 Drops, 25% off. And with all of those, if you use the code DMVR20 when you check out, you get 20% off and a free Solace Bar, which is delicious, and a King Cone or, or a King Cone. You get to make your pick between those. You get 20% off. That's on top of all those other deals. What more could you ask for? Well, they're going to have Halloween specials as well. Um, October 30th and 31st, the entire store is buy three, get one free. So that's a steal. And... On Halloween, if you go in on Halloween, you'll get a goodie bag with the purchase of $50 or more. So many awesome deals. It's one of the reasons we love them so much. Uh, so go to solacemeds.com. That's S-O-L-A-C-E meds.com. You can build your whole order right there. It's super easy to use that website. Um, use that code DMVR20, and that will work on top of any other deals. Uh, then you just go. You pick up your order. It's real quick, in and out. Um, again, that's solacemeds.com. Check them out for sure. All right. Um, that's the last you're going to... Well, that's not the last you're going to hear me because I'm also in that interview with Jabari. I'm the one that's also talking. But uh, I'll be back tomorrow with more. Uh, here is my conversation from this morning with Jabari Walker. It's going to be cool doing like a lot of things in person like without uh, like with fans in the stadium, all that kind of stuff. You excited for that? Yeah, extremely excited. Uh, I heard the buzz around campus. Mm -hmm. uh, just can't wait to perform in front of the fans. We've been working hard in practice, so just show uh, can't wait for our hard work to pay off in front of them. What is that like, like just being able to walk around campus and see people everywhere? It's amazing. Uh, yeah, I can't really explain it. It's just something you gotta, you gotta. Uh, I know be here for, but mm -hmm. it's it's a great feeling. 
it just makes you want to work harder and practice because you got such great fans uh, supporting you. What about just like non-basketball wise, like having in-person classes? Mm-hmm. Like, do do you prefer that to just going online all day? Yeah, I do prefer that. Why? Uh, oh no, it's like especially uh, being a basketball player, like walking in classes. It's like, oh, you're you're the you're the guy from the basketball team, and I, I kind of like that feeling. Um, uh, they they want to help you out more. Like honestly, they want to help you study. They want to like, be there to support you. So it's just there's a lot of benefits that come with it. Did you expect that kind of stuff? No, not not really. Uh-huh. I didn't I didn't expect that, but uh, especially with not being in person, I didn't know that's how uh, the fans would react. But seeing this year, it's like, oh my gosh, it's amazing. I love it. Yeah, cause you did you ever see this place packed? Like, do you come on a recruiting visit at all and see it? I didn't. I didn't get to come on a recruiting visit. Really? No, I haven't seen it yet. Huh? Have, have you talked to people about it? They told yeah. you how cool it is. Uh huh. Like my my vets, I talked to them about it, okay. and they're like, "Yeah, you haven't even seen anything." And I, I was having fun last year, just having my parents in the stands, yeah, friends and family. So I know I'll have a blast this year. I've been seeing the football games, and I'm like, man, yeah, I can't get that. Yeah. Um. You know, you, you went on a Costa Rica trip. Mm-hmm. How how was that? Just for like team building, for improving that sort of stuff. Yeah, I feel like that trip really uh, helped the guys bond, like just mm-hmm. off the court. Uh, the resort that we went to, the chill. There's like this beach area. We got the jet ski for the first time, so wow. it was more important, just bonding more than anything. I feel like. Do you you have a roommate on that trip? Um, yeah, I had had a couple roommates. We switched okay. it up. I had Tristan at first, and then okay. the second time I had Quincy. Okay. So, yeah. There's, there's a lot of new guys on the team. There is. What is that like? I guess you were kind of the new guy before, so uh-huh. you didn't you didn't have, like, the same continuity, but, but just to have so many new faces, does it feel different? Yeah. It's, I guess one thing that stayed is, the like, the brotherhood, and that's okay. the foundation that we have. So uh, just us, us building around that, I think it, it's a formula for success. So the vets last year showed us, like, how this, how this uh, program is supposed to be built, and so I just kind of took that and, uh, ran with it so just we just preached brotherhood and you know one man and just leadership and just yeah trying to lead by example for the young guys the the games you guys played down there they weren't very competitive um mm-hmm. you know tad said like it'd be more valuable if they were more competitive but it's got to be kind of fun just to go out and put up 150 <laughs> points right yeah it was it was pretty fun uh yeah being able to see like the fast break dogs and, yeah uh yeah, that was that was pretty fun. Because did did it feel like when you were down there, like you guys are kind of like an all star uh-huh. team, like just being treated that way? Yeah, uh, like just as soon as we landed in the airport, we all the heads were turning. I was like, they'd never seen anything like this before. <laughs> For sure, um, you uh, you broke the backboard. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what what does that feel like? Like when did you realize that the backboard was broken? I realized, like, after the glass hit me, I, I had yeah. a late reaction because I wasn't having the best game, so I was just upset, and I was like, I just missed another dunk. Mm-hmm. Or, like, I just I missed a dunk, so it was, like, another mistake I made, and I was like, oh, my gosh. So, uh, then I turned my head, and I'm like, wait, what? This, this is normal. <laughs> and I felt the glass. I was like, I just did, I just did something, and, and it didn't kick in until I think it was KJ or somebody came up to me. They're like, you just broke the backboard, bro. I was like, that's, why did that happen? <laughs> like, that's not normal. Then later on, when I started seeing my social media, I was like, "Wow! Like I've never seen this. That was that was the first time I've ever seen yeah. anything like that. Person. Had, had your dad ever seen anything like that? Did you talk to him about it? Yeah, I don't think I don't think he's seen anything like that. Especially not in person. Definitely not in person. Um, you did miss the dunk though. I did miss the dunk. Like, did, is that one that you lose like maybe a little bit more sleep over because everybody sees it? Uh huh. Yeah, I definitely lose a little bit of sleep over it. 
but I feel like I've watched the video, and if I make that dunk, I don't think I break the rim with it. Mm. I think because I missed the dunk and the way I held on the rim is the, is the reason it broke. So okay. I think I'll, I'll I'll take the miss if it if it comes with breaking the okay. for, for that one. I like it. Your teammates like give you any crap about that? Nah, not my teammates. Really? But social media did. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. Some of some like I think Luke O'Brien was like defending you in, yeah, in my was. replies. Uh huh. Because people were like responding to me saying like, oh, you missed it. Like, yeah. My my teammates, I guess like because. They, they appreciate it because it was in person. Like, dang, they'd never seen that before. Like, forget the miss. <laughs> yeah. But the fans or the, the haters, I say, they just want to find mm-hmm. something to hate on. But it came with a lot of a lot of uh, followers and stuff like that. So I'll take it. Yeah. Um, but what have you been working on just in terms of your game for this season? Uh, definitely shape. Like, I feel like everything comes with being in shape. My game truly comes out. Rim running, rebounding, um, uh, everything that I've been working on the past. Just, I have to be in shape to do that. So uh, definitely that. And then um, just playing straight up defense, uh, sitting on the floor by not fouling. Uh, the game is starting to slow down for me, so just using my the mental aspect and finding right ways to create space, uh, finding new ways to score throughout the offense, and finding ways when to break the offense to get to get a bucket or make a play. So, uh, yeah, just a lot of a lot of those things. Is there anybody in particular you've been working with to, to try to develop some of those things? Yeah, uh, really my coaches right now. Okay. They, they know everything within the offense, and they, they teach me how to uh, how to break the offense and, and what to look for. So we break it down to little drills. So when the offense comes in and it's fire, I say, oh, okay, I've done this before. Like, I know where he's going. Yep. Uh, I, I know where he's going to cut, and just being comfortable with that makes you more comfortable to make a play. With with so many guys leaving after last season, do you feel like there's more pressure on you to, to provide more? Yeah, definitely more pressure on me, but I, I like it, honestly. Uh, I was asking for it last year, and now I, now I got it, so just want to be prepared and see what I do with it. Did, did you consider the, the NBA draft at all? Um, last year? Yeah. Actually, actually, not not really. A lot of people are, are asking why I didn't, um, but I, I didn't want to focus on that. I just wanted to uh, wanted to come back here and, and see what happens after that. Okay. Um, I think that's all I've got for you. Uh, yeah. It's nice to meet you, though. Nice to meet you. For sure, I'll be around. Yeah.